0: Hey, hey, everyone, this is Nikki Bruno with the Epic Comeback Podcast, where warriors who've gone through absolute caca give you advice on getting to the other side of yours. I'm super honored, super stoked. Today marks the very first time on the Epic Comeback Podcast where we've had not one but two guests at the same time. This is super exciting. Today we have with us, we have Nikki DeBartolo and Benjamin Heldfond of Our Happy Divorce. That's right. You probably have never heard those three words in the same sentence, but these folks are gonna tell you why they have written a book and created a brand and an empire around their happy divorce. Welcome Ben and welcome Nikki. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for having us. You bet. you bet. I'm so excited about everyone hearing about your story. It's absolutely huge, and I would even say revolutionary. So let's get started. I'm going to give both of you the mic for a minute to introduce yourselves. Just let us know who you are and where you're from and what, what kind of keeps you too busy during the day.
1: I am Nikki DiBartolo, grew up in Youngstown, Ohio, moved to San Francisco, which is where I met Ben. He will probably add to that one. Um, then moved from San Francisco to Tampa, Florida, where my sister and I run our family's charitable foundation and I spend the rest of my time taking care of um, our sixteen year old son that right now is very interesting.
0: <laughs> very interesting. I can only imagine oh,
1: yeah. my there
0: kids are half of my kids are half his age. They're eight and five. So I'm I'm kind of like I'm catching we're kind of catching up to you. Yeah. Yeah, um,
2: cherish cherish those times. Good luck. <laughs> Yeah, it, it yeah. changes when they uh, I, uh, become teenagers. But, but uh, my name is Benjamin Heldfond, and, and like Nikki said, I am uh, from San Francisco. I live in Tampa, Florida. I still am claiming San Francisco as my hometown, and I just uh, live in Tampa. Um, but uh, yeah, I, uh, p- what I do is a hard question to answer, but I'll just say I try to uh, make as much time as possible um, and do as much as possible without doing anything at all. So I'm,
1: I don't I, even know if I followed that. So
2: I'm, a, I'm a serial <laughs> investor. Um, I, I don't I work for myself, me, myself, and I incorporated. Uh, a, a, and uh, so I just invest in companies across the uh, spectrum, many different kinds.
0: You know, you sound like an international man of mystery to me. Then. <laughs> that is really what a description. Making as much time to do as much as possible while doing nothing. I love it. Um, is that kind of, is that like a circular, one of those like puzzle things? That's what um, it
1: sounds like. It,
2: well, it, it, it's, it came from, because at parties, I think in so much, and this is obviously a side, but we're so much identified with what we do and not who we are when you're at a cocktail party. First thing people ask you is what do you do? Uh, and I don't, I don't say, I think I'm an international man of mystery. I just don't fit in any box. Um, that says that I am, you know, in, in, uh, venture capital or in, uh, finance or any, so, so that's just what I came up with. I do as much as possible without doing anything at all.
0: I love it. I love it. It's the best elevator speech I've ever heard because it's so intriguing and you have to, you have to ask like, what the, what hell <laughs> are you talking about? I love right. it. No, it's absolutely fantastic. And I'm sick of people asking, what do you do? Right. Um, I'm going to think of an alternative question at cocktail parties actually I have a lot, I have plenty of them in mind. So all righty, let's let's get to the next question. So this podcast is about people who have staged epic comebacks in their lives in the wake of going through something absolutely crappy, like traumatic and really really hard. So I we're going to we're going to go straight to the trauma here. We're going to go straight to that I would love for um, one or both of you in tandem to summarize, what did the two of you go through that was absolutely hellish? And what was the worst part? We're gonna get to the triumph later. Right now we're gonna talk about the tragedy.
1: I think honestly for me, the worst part of this was feeling like I failed. Like as as a woman, as a mother, the worst part for me in getting a divorce was feeling like I failed. And I failed my son, I failed my family, you know, like no one in my family was divorced, like no one like, was not even like seen anywhere even in like the outskirts of my family. So here I am, I was like the first one. So I actually, you know, I thought that I failed and I thought, you know what, it almost made me feel like I was like damaged per se. But, you know, I think a lot of therapy and, you know, realizing that what Ben and I have accomplished, right now is like the complete opposite of a failure like so we took something so horrible and you know we could have done you know a lot of damage to our son and we took something so horrible and we turned it into something so beautiful so we did so we did you know we did come out of this thing (laughs) You did.
0: Yeah, you yeah. did. And just to make it absolutely explicit and clear, Nikki and Ben were married to each other <laughs> and they are now they are now buds and wrote this book our happy divorce together. So Ben, I'm going to turn to you. What was the, what was the absolute worst part of the caca for you of the divorce process?
2: Oh man. I'd love, I, I, you know, the, the, it's such, so funny. You talk about such a, like a, a passionate, like a meaningful epic comeback and then use the word caca. Wait, I was and just going to
1: say, it's my favorite thing that she said.
2: I, I, I love it. I love it. Cause <laughs> they talk about, diff, you know, opposite ends of uh, descriptive terms, but um, you know, for, for, for me, I've been through a lot of uh, hardships and, and overcome a lot of stuff. I think that, that divorce um, it, it might be one of the hardest um, because it deals with, especially for men, and I think it's fair to say for women, but I'll let them say that, but it, it pushes the two big FU buttons that we have in our, in our world. And that's romance and finance. And it pushes them hard and it pushes them fast. And it speaks to ego. Uh, those two sp- speak specifically to ego. So going through that, and having, and having to make major life decisions on top of that um, was it, it, it's the wrong place, the wrong time, the wrong emotion to be making those kinds of, of major life decisions. So, yeah, getting through that for Nikki and I and, and realizing that we were no place to make those choices at the moment, that we had to go and do other things first before we could move forward. And those other things were cleaning up the wreckage of the past. Nikki talked about therapy. I I did I took some other paths but got to the same point. Um and, and and we cleaned up what had happened in our marriage and that enabled us to move forward towards that epic comeback.
0: Yes. I <laughs> absolutely love this and I agree with you. Uh, I really agree with you about that. It's just it's like divorce. And both of you, I mean, Nikki, you were saying that you felt like it was just this shot, you know, you felt like you had failed. Talk about a shot to the ego. And same with you, Ben. Like there's, there's, there's an ego around, I mean, so much of our ego is bound up in, am I a good spouse? Am I a good wife? Am I a good husband? Am I a good provider? Am I a good parent? You know, and both of you, you know, you had a, you had a young son and, and it's just Divorce has got to be one of the biggest blows and cause so much self doubt and even self hatred because it just strikes to the heart of your identity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, and that's you know that's one of the hardest things, like I said about divorce, and that's why it was hard. I mean, like I said, I've I've gone through other stuff, uh, you know, gotten sober and done other things, but but for the for the divorce part of it, there's so many other people involved, and the other thing about it, the secret sauce, is that I couldn't do this without Nikki. And she couldn't do this without me. Um, and, and then later on, our, our current spouses, we couldn't do it without them either. So there's the, the, it yeah. takes two to make this, uh, well, it actually takes four now to make this happy <laughs> divorce. And it, takes, it would take uh, you know, just one to ruin the happy divorce.
0: That's a good point. Yeah, one bad apple.
2: Mm. One bad
1: apple and it all
0: goes down the drain. A hundred percent. And, and if, when you're going through the divorce process, if there is one bad apple out of two, you you can't you can't co-parent you can't collaborate you can't co do anything if if one person isn't on board it's impossible.
2: Yep, I, I, I've Ben used started that.
1: out as the bad apple.
2: Yeah, well that's true. <laughs> he, was but,
1: first, he was the first bad apple.
2: <laughs> he started like out
1: the- in the divorce process as the bad apple, where I tried to stay as the good apple.
2: Yeah, of course. You're always the good apple, Nikki. But uh, you know, the the uh, the the co part of it, and, and that prefix is used a lot. And, and when you really look at what it means, it means together. All right. And, and you know, co-parenting is thrown around a lot as a buzzword. Uh, you know, collaboration, cooperation. Uh, you know, everything. Uh, we do, Nikki and I do. We do together, uh, and, and well, not everything, but but when it comes to our son, and we do and it, a lot it, together. We do do a lot together. It it has evolved into something that that we couldn't have even imagined, uh, you know, twelve years ago. We didn't set out to have this crazy, this absurd life, uh, 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 you know, and write a book about our happy divorce. We just wanted to be in the same room together, and right. we our goal was that we didn't want to have our son uh, be forced to pay an emotional bill yes. uh that Nikki and i parent. right or choose a parent or parent from a position of favorite parent you know and not right. parent of the year but favorite parent
1: even though i'm favorite parent but you know i'll just let that guy know i'm kidding <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah yeah nikki and ben are the favorite parents
1: yeah no, no,
2: nikki by far no question she's no, the but, best it was ever, so, it,
1: but it's so cute even like even when he was little i used to say like oh i because you know i'm your favorite and he'd look at me and go you both are my favorite." That's and I'm like, all right. I'm like, that's the way, that's good. That's the way you're supposed to answer it.
0: That's right. And you know, kids, kids are, I believe that although divorce is almost inevitably traumatic for children, I believe that parents have a much harder time adapting, a much harder time rescheduling and and cl- and clearing out all that, you know, you guys said you cleaned up your act. And by the way, that makes me think about my epic comeback journey methodology, which one of the steps of it is, is called, I call it clearing. And it's about getting rid of the crap in your life that you don't need. It's right. about getting rid of bad habits. It's about getting rid of even clutter in your home. It's about getting rid of toxic relationships, people in your life who are just not really not supporting you. And it sounds like that's what you two did. You cleaned house and you made space for what
1: was going to come next and yeah, it's, we, we made space for something new. Yeah. It was the same, but different. Yeah.
2: Right. And, and I think that the idea that the kids are resilient, um, I, quite frankly, and this is just my opinion um, is BS um, or, or kids will get over it. Um, it, it is BS. And I can tell you that because I experienced it, you know, my parents, went through it, let's just say, if they wrote a book, it'd be called, Not Our Happy Divorce. Um, And, 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 you know, my brothers and sisters suffered greatly. Um, And, uh, you know, the the, the other thing is, uh, Asher and I were fishing about three years ago, four years ago, and he turned to me and he said, this divorce is hard on me. Mm. And my first reaction was like, listen, you little SOB, you have no idea what a hard divorce is. But then, you know, restraint of tongue sometimes, I took a moment. And I tried to empathize with him uh, and realized that, yeah, even as great as it is, even as, uh, you know, we live seven houses down. We usually do family vacations together. We have dinner once a week. I mean, it, it's, it's as, as close to probably being married as possible. But just the idea of having two separate homes, being displaced every couple of days, you know, not spending every holiday with your mom. I mean, just the logistics of it. Yeah. suck. So that was sort of a, no pun intended, sobering moment uh, for me that that even though, you know, Nikki and I had ourselves in the back, we have to remember that it's kids, it's still hard on our son.
1: It's still not normal or the way they would have chosen their lives to be. Yeah. I am so glad that you said that. I'm so glad that
0: you said that because um, I... Every human is resilient to a certain point, but I'm really glad you said that because we should never, ever, ever minimize and we should never just say, oh, they'll get over it. Oh, they'll be fine. Oh, they'll be fine. It's so important. And that's one of the, that's one, probably the, the thing that I admire most about the two of you and your family is that you have put your son and now your additional children first there's like, that's the way that it has to go. That's what the courts are all about. That's what the legal system is all about. Best interest of the children. Well, parents know what the best interest of the children is, but so commonly in a divorce, there's a disagreement about what that means and that ends up being subjective. And yeah, so I really, really admire that. And it's a, it's a good segue to my next question, which is, I took you to the tragedy and I took you to the the hardest thing about the process. And now what I want to ask you is having, having used that warrior energy, having used that mama bear, that Papa bear energy and cleaned your cleaned house and took those steps to get on the path to where you are. What is the best thing? If you could pick one thing, what's the best thing about where you are now on the other side of that epic comeback? Because there are a lot of good things. You have a happy divorce. If you could pick one thing out, that's the
1: biggest blessing. What would you pick? I'll start with you, Nikki. I think for me, it's, you you know, just the family unit that we built, And the fact that, you know, I've gained two other children that, you know, I didn't physically have to have, but they still still look at me like I'm their other mom. Because they don't, like, they don't, they don't sort of, they don't understand how, Asher grew up with a stepmom, Nadia, and they were like, well, who's, you know, when they were really, they're like, well, who's my stepmom? Well, they're like, oh, and they call me Coco. So they're like, Coco's my stepmom. So we've been able to, I think for me, it's the, you know, the family unit that we've built out like together. And the fact that, you know, that we do have this family unit, we don't, we miss out on a lot less with Asher because we can do this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he misses out on a lot less. Having, having his triumphs, his tribulations always be with right. just one parent, as opposed to, I mean, you're, you're, it sounds to me like you're sharing in the joy you're sharing in the, in the tough times. And he is, and he has the support of both of you at the same time. hundred percent so rare so rare i have never heard of that with another
2: andy doesn't have to tiptoe around or or you know i know growing up with my parents is i almost had to become the adult and i almost had to like tiptoe around my parents and and be careful what i said
1: he says something nice about ben it's okay if he's you know yeah
2: Yeah. and 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 for me i think that the best thing that, that came out of it was was freedom uh, of and, and and happiness, you know, I think that there, there it's impossible, at least for me, uh, to be happy. Um, although we all have the right, the capability, and the capacity to be, if I live in the past, and, and, and so Nikki and I, you know, I don't have to for the past, you know, twelve years or so, walk around with that toxicity. You know, walk around with that hatred or that resentment or that you know th- that it never goes away. It, and I know right. people who are divorced. As long as we are, who still are fighting court battles, or, or although they're divorced or injunctions or whatever, like we don't ha- we don't walk around with that weight around us anymore. We've realized we've gotten through to the other side. Where it, it's clear why we ha- got divorced. It's clear why we're with the people we were meant to be with, and and life makes sense. <clears throat> You know, and, and that's the that's the thing that, uh, you know, I'm uh, happy is, is just the freedom, the freedom of resentment, right. the freedom of hatred. And and what I've gotten is a best friend, you know, the, the, a true best friend, a woman, uh, you know, who, who I can say loves me. I love her. We're not in love anymore. And I think that's where we messed up to begin with. Is we got in love and, uh, you know, loving each other completely mixed up. But it all happens for a reason. and And now that we're free of it, we can step back and take a look and realize why it happened.
0: Freedom. 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 Hallelujah. You know, I have said, I have, I can quote myself and say that the epic comeback, everyone, everyone interprets it differently. The concept of the epic comeback, it's Nikki, your epic comeback is going to be different from Ben's epic comeback is going to be different from my epic comeback, right? Um, And all, and my clients, the same thing. I mean, we, we, all of my clients are staging epic comebacks and they're kicking butt again, but everyone defines that in a different way. For me, the way I define the epic comeback is ultimately it's about freedom. It's about being in charge of your own life. It's about, um, you know, as you said, Ben, like being able to be happy and life making sense. I mean, I, that's, to me, that's a, that's a mic drop right there. Life mm-hmm. just makes sense. Yeah. And getting yeah. to the other side. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. I I absolutely love it. So the essence, really, of this podcast, um, your story is is crucial to it. And really, the essence is to ask both of you, what is one piece of advice, or maybe two, that you would give to someone who is going through the caca right now? Try to take yourself back to that time when you were you were like how am I going to get through this? I don't know how to get to the other side. I mean, I even personally had moments where I wasn't sure I was going to get to the other side, like if I was going to get to the other side. Yeah. And I was lucky. I had a lot of support. I had really good support in my family and my therapist and everything. But when you're in the middle of it, it is very, very hard, if not impossible to see the other side. So what would, what would each of you say to our listeners who are, who are in that muck right now?
2: Yeah, I think for for that, uh, look, I think it's Winston Churchill. I don't know. I don't like to quote people because I misquote, but I think it's been attributed to Winston Churchill and says, if you're going through hell, keep going. Um, And and so that is a piece of advice that I'd give people. Is there times uh, with with Nikki and I in the beginning that I didn't see any way out of it? Uh, You know, whether we were sort of on the same page or in the beginning when we weren't uh, of You mean in the
0: beginning of the divorce? Is that what you mean? The beginning.
2: Beginning of the divorce. Yeah, Uh, and and again, it wasn't our happy divorce to start. Uh, It didn't start that way, and it took a while to get to there. But what we kept on, what we did along the way, is we kept going. We we would step on landmines. We would, you know, that you would think would derail what we were trying to do, but we always got back on track, and we didn't try to go around things. And I always get in trouble in my life when I try to go around things and try to, instead of going through them. So we didn't know when it was going to go through, you know, you don't know, at least we didn't know when that epic comeback or when we were going to get through the caca, right? But no matter how much caca we were in, we just kept on going.
1: Right. I would echo what Ben said. And the fact that during going through all that caca, you definitely, there's times where you have to, you have to take some time for yourself. Like you don't like you know, there were times where things were a little rocky and we just like had to take a little time for ourselves, whether it's just to breathe and like try to get over something that you like pissed you off that minute or whatever. Like we just, you know, we didn't start out being our happy divorce. So we just knew knew that we had to take, sometimes it was baby steps, sometimes it was leaps, but it was like, it was just a process.
2: And I think it's, it would be misleading people if we didn't say we still need to take a time out. Sometimes uh, you
1: know, we do need to time
2: out. We still battle. You know, Nikki and I are two Type A alphas, and, and we right. still get into fights. And and yeah. you know, it, it might be two days that we I don't hear from her, but I know when either one of us texts each other that we're good.
1: Yeah, and we oh, have right. a weird. We're you know, yeah. We have
2: a weird. I'm sorry method, uh, but, but we, so we we just get don't
1: say those words. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right? but we get through it. You know, I mean, that, that's the thing that I think anything, any hurdle, uh, like I said, we jump over it. We don't try to go around it.
0: That's the word that's coming up for me when both of you are talking is grace, because if, if one of you needed space and the other didn't give you have like the grace and the graciousness to provide that, yeah. because let's face it, when we're, when we have children together, whether we're divorced or not, well, I'll just talk about when we're divorced. Um, you, you have influence over each other no matter what. Right. And, and you have power over each other no matter what. Right. And it's so easy for that to become the focus, for the power and the influence and the struggle over that to become the focus. But for you, you've managed to have the grace to give each other some space when you need it and to kind of keep your eye on the prize.
2: And Nikki, it's so it's so important you point that out because you know one part of our story that that you know Nikki alluded to is we didn't really start this thing off on the right path. I didn't, right? I was I went out and I hired a big lawyer and I was going to destroy Nikki. Um, and, but you know somewhere along the process I had a moment of clarity and and I hi- fired that lawyer and I went and the first thing I did was I called Nikki and I said I need some time. Mm-hmm. To myself to work through some issues yeah. i'm not in the right space to make any major life decisions because it's going to be bad and you she said
0: up. you manned up bro yes you yeah.
2: did well yeah uh, it, it took a while but and it usually <laughs> does for me quite quite frankly um but uh, if, when i do see that light it, it, is that you know i know what i need to do to get back onto track so one of the things was that i needed time and nikki said take as much time as you need
0: yeah that's yeah so you manned up and and nikki you gave him grace yeah. Ben, Ben, do you remember that moment? What was the moment when you had the moment of clarity and you decided to call Nikki? Do you remember?
2: Oh, oh I remember exactly. I was uh, So he had written, taken a very big retainer. Uh, I wanted to destroy Nikki. He was very happy to oblige. Your attorney. Uh, my attorney. Uh, yeah. And he uh, took a retainer. A week later, sent me a war and peace. And it was like a game plan on the destruction of Nikki i didn 't read it right away, so I think there was something like in me that uh was already you know, six cents, whatever you want to call it. I kept it for like ten days in my backpack without reading. I was on a plane back from l a and I said okay let me let me read this thing and I pulled it out, and I only got two pages into it and i 'm not be, it was like thirty five pages it was a it was a thick document, sure um, and I just got that feeling. it just hit me uh that I could no longer continue. Uh, to have the two brain cells I had left, you know, one selling, buying, selling the BS and the other one buying it. it I couldn't, uh, I had to get honest with myself. And, I, and for the first time in many years, before even by, uh, when I left Nikki, for the first time in many years, I was honest with myself. Yeah. And I said, there, there, this is not, you know how this path ends because I've been down that with my parents yeah. and, I, and other things. I knew what path I was going to, I was going to lead. I just didn't know what this other one was. Um, but at that moment, I put it away and I said, "We there, there has to be another way. So it was, it was traveling the unknown. I mean, it really, but, but that moment was clear and I will never forget it. Um, just like every other sort of uh, burning bush, you know, that moment of uh, acceptance that what you're doing isn't right.
1: Yeah.
0: And, you know, I, I can't let this go by without saying that this this is one moment that speaks to how awful the divorce system can be because I have seen and heard and so many stories about one spouse working with an attorney to systematically annihilate another human being. And when you, you know, when you talked about that, about I was going to destroy Nikki, like I feel that in my chest. I get very, I get really emotional about that because of course it's an emotional topic. And and just like think, like just think about how like, I mean, I remember, um, you know, this, this is pretty personal. I remember when I was in a joint therapy session with my ex-husband and we were in it about something that was, th- I mean, it was a major conflict going on in the room and all of a sudden, like I said, I said, that's our son over there in the corner. Our son and our daughter are sitting over there in the corner right now. Can we think about that before we continue having this conversation? It's just like you could you could have gone down that path and you didn't. And thank God you didn't. Thank God for that. For well, the, and it, both it, of it, you it, having those yeah. moments of clarity and for you being able to just sort of, you know, get through that.
2: Right, and it's it, you're right. The system is you know set up for you know because people are raw at that moment. I was raw, and I the crazy thing is I had experienced you know being that uh, blocking and tackling tool. I had I, I had experience with being that middle person, but yeah. but yet I was still had my laser focused on Nikki, although I knew because I had experienced it that my son was in the middle, and or in order to get to Nikki, I was gonna have to go through my son and cause him you know, some major damage. And I was still, you know, that's why this divorce thing, we talked about earlier in the podcast, romance and finance. I wasn't intentionally, and it also gave me a lot of clarity and uh, uh, forgiveness for my parents that they didn't sit around. I realized they didn't sit around at the kitchen table when they decided to get divorced and say, okay, how are we going to not get along and how are we going to screw up our kids? It wasn't premeditated, right? It it was that they were just so blinded by the same emotions that I was going through that I was still willing to go and, and, you know, feed Asher poison and hope Nikki died.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And and we were talking about this earlier about how in the divorce process you are um, you're at your absolute worst trying to make decisions that impact you and your soon to be former spouse and your children and also impact your your extended families.
2: The rest of your life.
0: Yeah, yeah for the rest of your lives and, it, week, and right. it, i mean it's it's really it's an impossible task it's sort of like you know now during during quarantine like i feel like i'm faced with this impossible task like because the schools in los angeles are not opening in the fall and my daughter is supposed to start kindergarten on a freaking screen like none of the choices are okay it's like an impossible situation and divorce in a high con- in a high conflict situation which was what yours began as right it's,
2: it's, it's, un, it's not sustainable. You're, you know? it, it, it's not sustainable and it, it costs way too much money. There's way too much wreckage. There's way too much wreckage. You know, kids are affected and, and along the line and it's, it's the exact opposite of what our happy divorce did, right? It, is it didn't cost us a lot of money. It, it, it made our lives, you know, better. It made our son's lives better. And you just take that exact thing and you turn it 180 degrees and you get the high conflict ones. Right. And, and, and it's just this vicious cycle. Right. And, and uh, but there, you know, the, the one thing about business, and I don't mean to put divorce and business together, but the one thing they say is try to take the personal part out of business. Don't make it personal. Right. But with divorce, you're making business decisions, major life decisions, but you're doing it with the personal part, personal miracle grove sprinkled on it. You know, it's even more personal than personal. Yeah. So it, it it's set up for you know bad actors. It's set up for predators. It's set up for um, you know, a, a bad outcome from the start.
0: It is true. It's true. And there are a lot of you know there are some changes happening, certainly with mm-hmm. collaborative divorce and yeah. There we're we're working on it. So I have, this is such good stuff. I have one more question for both of you that has nothing to do with your divorce. And it's Uh because this podcast is about being epic. So Nikki, if you could have any superpower that you don't already have, it has to be one that you don't already have. And I know you have have money.
1: What would it be? I would like to be able to know what someone's thinking. Without them knowing, i know that.
2: (laughs) Don't give her that one no she can't have that one
1: <laughs> you're not in charge ben
2: oh
0: you're, you're off duty on this one yeah yeah
2: that's really a good read
1: one
0: what right? somebody else is thinking nice yeah. i want to know this just popped into my head i want to know what newscasters are thinking when they're like standing there you know when they're like sitting there talking about what the news is for the day like
1: what are they thinking think right now yeah. are they like i mean please can something can there be anything good that i can say
0: I seriously talk about, oh man. Okay. I don't know why that popped into my head. How about you, Ben? A superpower that you don't already have.
2: It, it's funny. Just with the other, I, I thought about politicians uh, and yeah. what they're actually thinking. on both like when they have to defend something or they have to say something that, you know, they really don't, aren't authentically saying. Um, wow. So I just sat here and talked about the importance of going through things and, and for me, uh, not going around them. And that's where I've had the most growth in my life. Um, but yet, You want to be able to fly? Well, the first thing—the first thing that came into my head, if I'm being honest, when this question was, was how do I not have to go through pain, and how can I go around it? And uh, you know, even though I I know that's where the growth happens, uh, it's still I'm built, unfortunately, and wired. Unfortunately, that that I always look for uh, an easier way than having to trudge the road to happy destiny. You know, I want to glide the road to happy destiny.
1: Complete and total avoidance of pain.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: We'll let you, we'll let that one slide then. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It makes a ton of sense. My gosh.
2: But I know, but but the funny thing is I know that, 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 you know, there'd be no growth for me. Right. Although I would want it. I know, uh, because the hardest, toughest things that I've had to go through, including the divorce from Nikki, uh, is where I've had the most most growth spiritually, mentally, physically uh, in my life. So although, yeah. you know, utter avoidance of, of pain would be great physically and mentally, uh, I know that there'd be no growth and I would just stay set stagnant.
0: Yeah. Well, what you're, I mean, what, what both of you have gone through, at least this is my interpretation of what you've gone through, is a, is a really good, and this is the epic comeback, this is the concept of the epic comeback, is that there's a positive psychologist talk about post-traumatic growth. So everyone knows about PTSD, which mm. is post-traumatic stress disorder, which is caca. It's crap, like you're having flashbacks, you're super sensitive, you're having nightmares. Well, there's also PTG, post-traumatic growth, which is the concept that trauma, can be and often is the springboard for extreme personal growth, for uh, for feeling more deeply connected to to the universe, to God, if you believe in God, feeling more deeply connected to other humans because you've been through something so hard that you can feel compassion for other people who are going through something similar or through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you've gone through something really crappy, then the joy that you feel when, when you have the comeback is almost, it's, it's like it's sweeter because you can, it's in contrast to this like, pit of hell that you were in and yeah so post-traumatic growth you guys get an a plus for post-traumatic growth
2: wow i've never heard that i love that though i mean because that's my life in a nutshell uh it it is you know i gotta go through pain i mean i i I don't know in order and desperate because it because what it leads to is desperation which Mm -hmm. leads to motivation which leads to uh adapt or die well
0: there you go yeah ladies and gents Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Uh, thank you so much, Nikki and Ben, for being with me. I really appreciate you, your time and your insight and your absolutely revolutionary way of life. Thanks for being on. Well,
2: thank Thanks you, and thank for you for, for uh, us. letting us be your first twosome, threesome, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Whatever this was.
2: It was the first time you had two oh, guests if you're just listening to the podcast. So people
1: can't see my face right, right.
2: now. Well, I, I just need to clarify. It's the first time Nikki's had two guests on her podcast. So that's right. what I meant. So if you're just I tuning know. in, go to the beginning.
1: Yeah, exactly. Let's <laughs> just
0: let it be hilarious. And funny. We'll just leave it at that. We all enjoyed whatever just happened. Um, oh, so... God. Nikki Bruno with the Epic Comeback Podcast. For more awesome ideas on how to stage an epic comeback in your life after a life-shattering experience, please visit theepiccomeback.com, theepiccomeback.com. Thank you, everyone.